It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to this team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Uh, that would be totally terrific Tuesday. You got it. We got a lot to do. We got another great show planned for you, all of you out there. So stay tuned. Hour number one, we'll talk with Eric Odlin in the second segment. He is a candidate for Congressional District 7. And uh, he's uh, working very hard and, and uh, want to find out what's going on in his campaign. And then Mike Watson, who is with Capital Research, Research Center, is uh, and what they do is they follow the money. And last week we had in the uh, third and fourth segment of hour number one, hour number two, it is a Karen Levine, Lauren Levy day. So they're going to be in studio. And of course, we'd love to hear your call-ins at the end of the show, that last segment. And that number is 303-477-5600. Eric Outland, that's uh, Perlmutter's CD7. Yes, that's where Pearl, that's CD7. Perlmutter that is right now. Okay, I'm right. going to make that clear in my head. Right, and Perlmutter is not running for re-election, so mm-hmm. it's an open seat. Yeah, I have a story on that, but I'll keep it to myself. You're going to keep that one to yourself? Okay. <laughs> Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. Uh, you will get first look then of all of our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays and podcasts. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. <clears throat> and Steve, yesterday was going to be my catch-up day on on emails, and I ended up uh, having... <laughs> your, your word usage tells me that... I didn't get it done. When you say was, <laughs> go ahead. Well, what happened, and we'll talk about it in just a, a moment, is... Um, uh, in the voters guide, and go to my website, and you can sign up for the complete voters guide. Zach, I'll send you over links for the the one with the audio as well as one that's downloadable. And if you just want one page that you want to print off to give to people, you can just go to the website and you can just print that off. And I was at the Tapas and Topics out in South Jeffco yesterday, uh, last night, and handed that out. We went through all of the different ballot. Um, Questions that I did the analysis on. And my goal with this is that you're informed voters, not influenced voters, that you're informed voters and that you understand what the ballot measures are, what they'll do. And so I had um, taken a look at these two Douglas County School District uh, tax increases and uh, decided that now is not the time to increase taxes on people. And, Steve, when the World Economic Forum says that by 2030 you will own nothing and be happy about it, uh, when Karen Levine and I did that show a a long time ago, she and I both kind of looked at each other when we decided to do the show thinking, oh, my gosh, maybe we look kind of like tin hats. But we went through it. And I now, as I see this play out, uh, the two ways that, that they're going to work to try to 
tax, they're going to tax people out of their homes. And then inflation is a silent tax. So people have these two double whammies coming at them. And uh, so I'm concerned that they'll start to tax people out of their homes. In fact, I was talking with someone last night after uh, Tapas and Topics, and he said, uh, and he was an engineer, he said, I cannot continue to pay increasing and increasing and increasing taxes. Uh, I haven't planned for that. And I said, I, I'm concerned they're going to tax people out of our homes because it's not just the school tax, it's the library tax, and it's the sales tax, and it's the fire district tax, and it's the inflation tax. It's all that. And so anyway, I, I, I just do not think this is the time to do a tax increase. And the thing that the school district is not telling everybody is that people uh, will be facing a significant tax property tax increase in 2024 because your uh, 2023 assessments are going to be at the top of the real estate market. And so we need to take a pause on all these taxes. I highly recommend no on all the tax questions out there, Steve, because we need to take a breath and we need to we can't just keep growing government. We have to at some point turn the spigot off. Well, the mindset seems to be uh, we we can just keep asking for more, 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 more and try to justify it somehow. And, you know, who knows that some of these things might be good ideas, but. Where is the breaking point? I'm still trying to absorb the 27% increase. I think it was in 2021 uh, on our property taxes. And then, I, you know, I, I'm hearing from what you're telling us that there's more coming. There is. Uh, it could be anywhere from another 40 to 50% increase in your property taxes. And so that is why I would recommend to say no to these taxes. But apparently... So Natalie Minton had explained to us how we could get information in those Tabor booklets, those county booklets, election booklets, regarding all these Tabor measures. And so I submitted comments uh, against both the Douglas County School District questions as well as the Douglas County extension of the open space. And a friend of mine said, we don't call it open space. It's actually government-owned land. And uh, so I submitted against arguments on those so that those would appear in the um, the little book, and oh my gosh, Steve, it created a real brouhaha. Uh, <laughs> I've been a little bit surprised, but um, there was uh, a woman who did a choral request to find out who actually had, had uh, submitted those, and then there's this implication in an article that she wrote for Newsbreak that uh, that the information had not been vetted and uh, by the election official. Well, the designated elec- election official is with the school district, and they're the ones that want to increase the taxes. So who, who's supposed to vet this? Well, actually, the, the voters deserve to hear the for, but they also deserve to hear the against, and they don't want to have the against information out there. So uh, there was a rebuttal by the superintendent of the school district, and uh, uh, I will be um, posting this weekend an essay to counterpoint her rebuttal. So I would really recommend if you're not on the newsletter list that you should sign up because you'll get first look at that. So I'm working diligently on that. And then Colorado Community Media uh, reached out and wanted to get my comments. So yesterday I ended up, instead of checking all the emails that I wanted, is I was back and forth on emails on all of this. And words are so important that it takes a lot of time to craft those messages, Steve. 
Well, you know, which, what you just said, picking up on what you just said, they, they want people to hear the for, but they don't want them to hear the against. Well, read between the lines there. What's that really saying? They don't want to really put it in the hands of the people anyway. But no, that's a good it, point. if we're going to do that, then we'll just give you the four. I don't watch a whole lot of television, but I'm seeing all these political ads. And again, they are incredibly misleading. Uh, they tell half of truth or half of a story. And again, I think it's what they all count on happening. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And that's why this voter's guide that we're doing, and we were, I think, one of the first ones to do one, because back in 2016, I I would get these ballots and we hear all this stuff about the candidates and all of a sudden you get this ballot and there's all these questions. And I thought, well, what's this all about? And then I learned that it's not just the ballot question, but there's typically there could be 10, 11, 18 pages of text behind that. And what does that mean exactly? And so we did our first voter's guide. Now there are many people that are doing voters' guides. I would, I really think ours is the most uh, extensive because we're not telling you what to do. Uh, I'm giving recommendations, but I'm also giving you the ballot questions and the text, giving you my reasoning, and then you make your decision. But be an informed voter, not an influenced voter. And those three questions regarding alcohol, ultimately what that will do is that will consolidate the industry within big business. Big business uh, has already put in at least $18 million on some of those questions. And they're not putting that in there because they care about you. They're putting that in there because they want to consolidate that business. They're either going to gobble up the independents or they're going to put them out of business. It's going to be uh, very difficult for the craft brew industry here in Colorado, which we're famous for. So highly recommend no on all of those questions as well, Steve. Another thing that's out there, you know, four-letter words get people's attention. And one four-letter word that's really being abused here is the word free, F-R-E-E. And, and, and I got a kick, kick out of it because not once but twice uh, in their debate, Polis and, and Heidi Ganell, uh, he, he comes out great guns and telling about everything that he's done so far in the first four years and he keeps using this word free and she cut him off at the knees he says governor it's not free right right no there's no free lunch uh, what that involves is uh, whatever is given to someone has to be taken from somebody else and that is uh, government does that and they do that legally and i have that in air quotes via taxes uh, and uh, so that is why we need to cut the spigot off on that Let's go to our, well, a couple of things. Tomorrow is this great luncheon, uh, an afternoon with Navy SEAL Commander Rourke Denver. Uh, It is 1130 to 1.30 at the Hilton Denver Inverness. And uh, three of of my friends, they're in their late 90s, and they're all um, World War II Iwo Jima uh, veterans are planning on being there. And my friends to get to rub shoulders with World War II veterans. It's a very special thing. It will change your life because it changed mine. And uh, would highly recommend you can go to my website, KimMunson.com. We've got the link there to buy your tickets. And it's going to be extremely special. It's raising money for the Marine Memorial out in Golden. It's time for a remodel on that. And Paula Sarles is working diligently uh, on that. She is a Gold Star wife. She is a Vietnam-era Marine veteran. And uh, it's just so special. to. I I hope that you will join us. There's still some tickets available and would love to have have them do that. And so, Steve, what we decided to do 
Jim Blaine, who is one of the, the World War II veterans that will be at, at the luncheon tomorrow. I'd interviewed him back in 2020. I'd Actually, I've interviewed him several times. But we decided for last week's World War II um, or for our America's Veteran Story show that we would rework that and rebroadcast that, which is what we did. And then this week, we have an, another World War II veteran, Don Morrison, uh, and he uh, flew on B-17s in World War II. So just golden stories. Uh, so be sure and check that out. That airs 3 to 4 p.m. on Sundays, and then there's encores of some of the other shows, 10 to 11 on Sunday evenings, and then Saturdays on 10 to 11 uh, Saturday evenings as well. So, Steve, it's such a special thing to get to do this. I'm looking forward to it because uh, the, these events that I've attended with you, uh, whether it's Cooper's Troopers or a more formal event like this, the camaraderie, uh, the acceptance of of everybody, you know, this, all of us who have been in, in the military, it's just a great environment. Yep, and so it's something special, and uh, would love to have you join us tomorrow. Let's get to our, well, gosh, there's headlines. Well, what, um, let's get to our quote for the day, and this is from Thomas Paine, because I know people are concerned. I mean, we're, we're uh, what, two weeks out now on Election Day. 14 days. And uh, people are concerned that there might be some crazy October surprise around the corner, which there might be. So I thought, okay, I went for, I went for bravery quotes, and Thomas Paine came up. He was born in 1737. He died in 1809. He was an English-American writer and political pamphleteer whose common-sense pamphlet and crisis papers were important influences on the American Revolution. And this is what he said. He said, The real man smiles in trouble, gathers strength from distress, and grows brave by reflection. And that's Thomas Paine. So before we go to break, there were just a couple of headlines that we were going to talk about. And Steve and I both saw this. This is from um, out there, Colorado. And it says, Denver is named one of the most rat-infested cities in the United States. It says, according to a recent report by Orkin, the pest control company, Denver is one of the rattiest cities in the United States. And that's, they're not only just talking about City Hall. I think they're talking about the Capitol there. Oh. <laughs> But a boom. That is why these great people that are stepping forward to run for office, we need to support them. Over the next 14 days, we're going turn off the TV and go to work. Adopt a candidate. And a candidate that would love to be adopted is Eric Odlin. And we're going to go to break when we come back. We'll talk with him about that. But before we do that, the show comes to you for all of you who support us. And thank you. And also these sponsors that I work with. And Karen Levine and Lauren Levy are going to be in in the second hour. They're great sponsors of the show. Uh, Hooters Restaurants has also been great sponsors of the shows, both the shows, for years. And it's a very interesting story how we got to become business partners. And it's a story about freedom and free markets and capitalism. And you can check that out at my website. But they have all kinds of lunch specials. They have uh, Monday through Friday hamburger specials uh, for $11 with their curly fries. Delicious. So check that out. And, oh, let's see. The the World Series starts soon, doesn't it? What What is it? Philly, Philadelphia, and Houston, I think? Yes, Houston. Okay. I do love the World Series. I've always loved it. So anyway, excited about that. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Eric Odlin. 
The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. Abortion rights across the country are under attack. Is it really, though? Abortion is not a right. Abortion is not care. God created life and has intended for us to begin our life in the womb. Life is a protected right, and the purpose of government is to protect all lives. We cannot create a new right meant to end a life. They can't dictate what rights we deserve. That's not how America works. We must have the right to govern ourselves according to God. We need to keep God on top. We need to vote smart. Vote Republican. Vote for Maria Fernandez for State House District 3. She will fight for your right to stay free and protect our children. Paid for and approved by Marla Fernandez Campaign. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And go to my website. We have our voter's guide. In fact, I just uh, was looking at a text here. It says, uh, um, he, uh, so he said, I think this voter's guide is your best one so far. And so we've been working diligently on that. That's at the website. The team probably put a total of 200 hours into it. And our goal is for you to be informed voters. It is a uh, voter's guide for we the people. And uh, so uh, be an informed voter, and that's a great tool to make that happen. My friends, these uh, races, particularly for Congress, are so important. Because as you know, in the uh, inflation, I have that in air quotes, actually the Economy Reduction Act that was passed by Congress and the Senate and signed by President Biden, uh, actually is uh, reducing our economy. It's terrible what's happening. But within it, is 80, they've authorized uh, 87,000 new IRS agents. Um, and I'm sure what they're, they're going to be doing is, is answering your calls quicker so that they'll be able to service your calls quicker, right? Uh, and um, one of the ways that we can stop this is to um, Congress holds the uh, House of Representatives holds the uh, purse strings. And when we take back the House, we can say, no, this is not going to get funded. And one of the people that can do that is Eric Odlin. And he is running for Congressional District 7. Eric Odlin, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Great to be with you. Great to have you. And uh, Eric, um, I, you and I met early on. 
right really as you had decided to start to put your hat in the ring for um, public office. And here you are, congressional candidate, uh, two weeks out. What do you want people to know? Well, I want you know, Eric, I'm going to stop just a minute. The connection has just gotten a little bit wonky. And I know with cell phones, sometimes it can get wonky with um, different places in the house uh, and, and connections. So make sure you're in a good spot because we want to hear every word. How do I sound now, Kim? Um, not great. Should I call back in? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, why don't you do that? Why don't you call back in, and I'll just take uh, do a couple of headlines because, um, Eric, I want everybody to hear what you have to say. So I'll let you and Steve get reconnected, and we'll be right back with Eric Odlin. And while we're doing that, uh, I'm going to go through oh, – this is just amazing. This is from the Center Square. It says, study puts a $1.7 billion price tag on homeless service spending. It says, weeks away from voters deciding Proposition 123 – which I say no to because it is an assault on property rights. So a new study finds spending to combat homelessness in the Denver metro area will reach an estimated $1.7 billion over a three-year period. My friends, when I say the homeless industrial complex, this is what I mean. When John Hickenlooper was mayor of Denver, he said, we're going to get rid of homelessness. Oh, government got involved. Guess what? People make a lot of money, $1.7 billion dollars on this and uh and they're never going to solve this problem when there's that kind of money because they're living off the trough of the the tragedy of those that are truly homeless uh so anyway uh, i am a definite no on proposition one two three it's an assault on property rights puts uh in another new bureaucracy that lives off of us but we'll talk about that later eric okay let's hope how are you let's try this again much better okay so what do you want people to know eric odlin well I, i was saying i want everyone to get out and vote get their family members to vote like like their future and their children's future depends upon it because that's the reality We've got to take back the House of Representatives, and you were talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and these new IRS agents. I've, I've heard from Leader McCarthy himself that the first vote of Congress, once we take back the House, will be to defund these 87,000 IRS agents that will be used as a target against the middle class. But there's so many things going wrong, Kim, that we can discuss, but it's all a direct result of failed radical Democrat policies that are destroying this country, and we've got to put a stop to it immediately. We must, and it is destroying. I I Initially, Eric, I thought it was incompetence, but I realized it's not incompetence. They know what they're doing. In fact, uh, Representative James Clyburn, a Democrat from South Carolina, was on the uh, show, one of the shows this weekend and said they admitted that they knew these policies were going to create this inflation. So we have this out of control inflation, which is another silent. Well, it's not so silent now. It's a, a silent tax. And then they've used that as an excuse to pass these other things. And um, we've got to get this turned around. We've got to get it turned around now, Eric. And uh, uh, this election is where we need to do it. That's right, Kim. And after two years of seeing the results of these policies, they can no longer hide behind incompetence. I mean, it's easy to do when you have a president like Biden who is is lacking in mental competence. But uh, that this is a smokescreen. They, they, they are trying to reform this country in a very different image from the one that you and I want for our children. And 
Uh, we've, uh, that's why I'm running for office. We've, we've got to address inflation by reining in government spending. We have to secure the southern border, which is a humanitarian oh. crisis and a national security disaster. Uh, we need to address crime that's out of control, especially here in Colorado. You've talked about how Colorado's leading the nation now. At, what, in, in uh, rat infestation? Well, Denver's uh, number nine in uh, rat oh, infestation. Yeah, and <laughs> well, again, I was just talking about City Hall and the, and the uh, Capitol. Well, no. <laughs> fair enough. We are leading the nation in auto theft. We're leading the nation in bank robberies. We're the cocaine capital of the country. I think we're number two in fentanyl overdose deaths. These are real facts that uh, that are a result of, of soft on crime policies, especially in the legislature. My opponent is uh, responsible for many of these uh, terrible policies, and we've got to stop them. Well, we do. And last night when I was out at... Um uh, Jeff Go Tapas and Topics. I met your sister there, uh, oh. <laughs> and uh, I, I started it off with is I just cut to the chase. Colorado's in the toilet right now. This is not the state that I moved to that I loved. Denver used to be uh, the queen city of the plains. Now it's number nine rat infested city in America. I mean, come on, Eric. It's unbelievable. It, it is shocking. And now, now we need people to wake up. We've got to help them maybe see what's going on and, and articulate it. We've got to be good at communicating these issues of the Republican Party. We, we haven't done so well at connecting with, with people at the human level, and that's what we have to do and bring, bring a new vision with positivity and inspiration. And uh, we're going to do the right thing, but we're also going to stay true to principles. So it's finding that balance to serve constituents serve Colorado in this nation, but also connect and, and really be public servants. That's what we need to do is restore our government back to the people. Absolutely. And that's why I did the We the People Voters Guide. Uh, to this, Eric, I really, language is so important. And uh, I don't know where we changed from calling people that we elected, elected representatives, to elected officials. But we need to reclaim that word of elected representatives, that they re, they, they, they re- represent us, not that they preside over us. I think that's so important that people – and I think people are realizing that, Eric. I really do. Absolutely, Kim. I mean, the government works for us, and all the power is vested in the people – I do think for a large, for a long length of time, we've forgotten that. We've allowed government to grow beyond its original intention, uh, and and the left wants to centralize all power at the federal government. They really don't want the people to be represented. They want the people to be controlled, and that's what we're up against: is a conflicting ideology which destroys freedom in this country. It destroys opportunity. It it, it destroys the greatness of this country. And we've we've got to stop it in these midterm elections. This this, I mean, I know everyone says every election cycle is the most important election cycle, but I think this is the most important one in my lifetime. Well, I I really do agree because this is uh, it's a clear vision now. When Obama said that he was going to transform the country, we're five days from transforming the country. And people are transformed to what? Well, now we see what it is. It's out-of-control inflation. It's taxing people out of their homes. It's crime. It's uh, education. It's, it, uh, it's across the spectrum. It's an assault on the American idea. And this American idea, and Eric, you and I totally understand this, and, and it's, it's worth conserving, preserving, and that is this idea that all men are created equal because we're created in the image of God with these rights 
from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That was the vision of our country. Uh, it was good for, for them. It was good for, you know, when they're storming the beaches at Normandy. It was good. The civil. And, and when I say, when we start the show, Eric, that this is our time, I'm serious about it. And you have stepped forward. You never wanted to be a politician. And uh, also, before we, we go, I want people to understand that you actually uh, – uh, well, tell us, I, I want to hear just a little bit. Didn't you get the, the Bronze Star for Valor? Uh, am, am I correct on that, Eric? If I, do I recall? You're correct. Yeah, I, have, okay. I have two Bronze Stars, one for Valor, both for combat operations in Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, that's why uh, you've stepped forward, because you know that our country is at great risk. Uh, so just uh, how do you want to button this up? How can people help you? Uh, my friends, we have these great people that have stepped forward to run for office. Two weeks out, adopt a candidate. Eric would appreciate your help. He'd appreciate to, your dollars. How can people help you, and how would you like to button this up, Eric Hodlin? Well, I, I think this is a call to action, Kim. Everybody, need, if they're concerned about this country, needs to get off the couch and get involved to the greatest extent possible. I've, I've put my life on hold. I've risk my family's financial future to, to take on this task, not because I want to be a politician, but because I love this country. I love Colorado, and it is at stake. And my, I love my children more than anything, and their future is at stake. And so if people see that, get volunteer. You can start with my website, oddlandforcolorado.com. You can volunteer there. We also need money. Every candidate in this every Republican candidate in the state is getting outspent significantly. I'm getting outspent five to one, and that is a tough hill to overcome, even though we've got all the right issues on our side. And if, if you watch my debate from Friday night on 9 News, you'll see how how my opponent is really uh, not fit to represent anyone at any level. Uh, so uh, do, the, do the discernment and get everyone activated. No Republicans should be sitting uh, down. All the independents who recognize the concern should be voting. And it's got to be, you know, knocking doors and making those human connections. And uh, then we win. We win these races in Colorado. Well, and each one of us has to step forward and help. So, Eric Odlin, again, that is AAD, right? So what is that website again? It's my last name, Odlin. It's an odd name, A-A-T-L-A-N-D-F-O-R-Colorado.com. And that's the best place to see where I stand on a whole host of issues, but also to get involved with my campaign. And we need everybody we can get up to the very last minute. We're going to be knocking doors, making phone calls, connecting. And uh, really, uh, this is a grassroots campaign. So I'm not made of millions. Uh, and we need all the contributions we can get because we're getting outspent five to one by the Democrat machine. Okay, Eric Odlin, I, I so thank you. I also thank your family for stepping forward because it's not just the candidate. It's uh, the family as well. So thank you and uh, stay in touch. Thank you so much, Kim. I have a great family and an amazing wife who keeps me going. So. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so that's uh, Eric Godlin running for Congressional District 7. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, I am thrilled to be talking with Mike Watson with the Capital Research Center. We're going to talk about the money, the funding on uh, this ranked choice voting uh, agenda that is um, trying to gain hold uh, here in Colorado. So we'll be right back. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. 
For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And be sure and go to my website and uh, sign up to get our our uh, uh, very in-depth voter's guide for We the People regarding the 11 uh, issues that are on the Colorado statewide ballot as well as some of the local issues. And one of those local issues that uh, I decided to comment on was ranked choice voting, and that is on the ballot up in Fort Collins. Uh, It's been approved in Broomfield here in Colorado, and uh, there is actually a movement that will try to bring it to the complete state of Colorado. It's complicated. And we had Kelly Notar Francesco on last week. Uh, She's with a, a group that's organizing to fight that and inform people about it. And when she was on the show, I was doing some research. I'm like... Well, who's funding this? Who's behind this? Because um, I've I've seen over the years there's been this movement, and I'm thinking, how are these are these people being paid? And so took a quick look, and up pops Capital Research Center, which are new friends of mine. And Mike Watson is the research director for Capital Research Center, and he serves as the managing editor for Influence Watch, and he's delved into the money on this. So, Mike Watson, welcome to the show. Uh, hello, thank you for having me. Okay, ranked choice voting. Um, first of all, how would you explain that, what, what it is to our listeners, uh, Mike? So, yeah, normally when you, you know, in our classical elections, we have what's called first past the post, which is very simple. You go, you mark one, you mark one box for your, your candidate, and most votes win. Uh, the ranked choice voting would change that in elections where you have more than two candidates. Uh, and instead of just picking your favorite or just picking your preferred candidate, you would rank them in order one through however many uh, uh, until and then, you know, if somebody got 50 percent of the first choices, then they win. That's that's, you know, simple enough. But if somebody if nobody gets it, then you have to eliminate the last place candidate. Their second choices then get recounted, uh, and you then you repeat this process until you get to uh, somebody getting 50% plus one of the uh, remaining not exhausted, because if you don't rank all of them, then your ballot exhausts, uh, ballot to, to determine who wins. And it seems like an impossibility to, to, if you ever needed to do a recount to verify 
the uh, election, it seems like it would be a near impossibility to me, Mike Watson. It wouldn't be an impossibility, but it'd be really difficult. Uh, we saw New York City has adopted ranked choice voting for its primary elections. Uh, so when the Democrats had their mayoral primary in 2021, uh, there was a lot of confusion when they were trying to administer uh, the just the regular count, even, you know, not even considering the recall. Uh, they ultimately uh, managed to uh, managed to get an accurate count, but it was, uh, you know, it took them it took them longer than it should have to figure out who won. Okay, now I took a look at the ballot language on this uh, ranked choice voting question in Fort Collins. I couldn't find the ordinance. Kelly t- said that the, that she had the ordinance, but I did look at the ballot question, and basically the ballot question just gives the city council the power to determine how they would work that ranked choice voting um, op- operation in Fort Collins. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you're basically giving up this election to the city council, which many times politicians will put in systems that favor them versus their challengers. And I thought, this is just nuts, just to kind of give them a blank check is what what the question looked like to me, because there's different ways that that uh, ranked choice voting can be implemented. But you highlighted something that that if you don't rank everyone in some of these different systems, they, they kick your ballot out. So say you just wanted Sally, and you knew that if you did this ranked choice voting that, that it might dilute uh, Sally's uh, chances of winning. So you just vote for Sally. Uh, they might just kick your ballot out, and it would be like you never even voted, Correct. Florida, I, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Right, ranked choice voting is a very complicated matter. Okay. Um, so, you know, a, let's say we have, you know, we're voting for pizza toppings using ranked choice voting. Okay. We have pepperoni, we have sausage, and we have anchovies. And you love anchovies. All you want is anchovies. You vote number one for anchovies. And you don't care if it's pepperoni or sausage after that, so you leave your ballot. Okay. Uh, so your first round vote's going to count. They're going to decide and let's say that you know 42 percent voted for pepperoni and 40 percent voted for sausage and whatever 18 percent voted for anchovies well you're in last you know your anchovies came last so you vote it's like you voted for a third party candidate in a regular in a regular partisan election and they lost and now you're now you're done uh if you don't rank from there then it's like then it is in the consideration of the whether uh, pepperoni or sausage wins, then then your vote doesn't count because you didn't vote in that essentially separate question. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, somebody did tell me, though, that in, in some systems, if you only vote for one, that that, that would kick your ballot out. But I, I mean, I guess if Fort Collins decided to, they could do it. But um, yeah, it, it depends. It depends on the system. Australia uses a system very similar to that. That is effectively ranked choice voting, and they're pretty adamant that you need to rank all candidates. Okay. okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, it really depends on how how the law would be written. Exactly. And so in, in Fort Collins, they're just giving that, that power to the city council to do that. And that's never a good idea for voters to do that. Mike, I want to get into the money on this. And I think what I'd like to do is to go to break early so that we don't, um, 
disrupt that at all? And I'm talking with Mike Watson, and he is uh, with Capital Research Center. But want to find out who's behind this because uh, it's been um, it's been out there for a while, and it doesn't just happen. Somebody's funding this, and we want to find out who. So we're going to go to break. Mike Watson is on the line with Capital Research Center. But again, uh, tomorrow is this great luncheon with the USMC Memorial Foundation, which is um, a charity that, that I've adopted. I just love the work that they're doing to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. And it is an afternoon with Navy SEAL Commander Rourke Denver. Uh, three of my friends, uh, World War II veterans from Iwo Jima, will be there and would love to have you join us so we're going to go to break oh you can get uh, you can that we have the link on my website kimmunson.com to buy tickets so you can go ahead and, and buy tickets there we're going to go to break we'll be right back with mike watson inflation is rocking our boats especially for individuals on fixed incomes if you are 62 years or older mortgage specialist with polygon financial group lauren levy can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Don't buy a gun for just in case. In these uncertain times, you want to protect yourself, and Franktown Firearms will train and equip you to do so. When you buy a gun, plan on possibly having to use it in case of an emergency where you need to defend yourself. When you have a gun but aren't trained on how to properly use it, it's just irresponsible. The most important part of protecting yourself and your loved ones is being a responsible gun owner, including training on safety and usage. You can keep yourself safe with the proper tools and training from Franktown Firearms. Your firearm is the safeguard to your security when used properly. When you're unsure about the future of your security, remember that Franktown Firearms is your resource no matter your experience level. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to contact the team directly or visit their website at ffgc.co slash training for course information. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. And uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, at my website, you can sign up to receive our in-depth We the People Issues Voting Guide for this 2022 election. We want to help you be informed voters, not just influenced voters. And so that's there. On the line with me is Mike Watson. And he is the research director for Capital Research Center and serves as the managing editor for Influence Watch. Uh, Mike Watson, let's follow the money on this ranked choice voting because they, this seems to me like it it messes with our elections. Um, but you've done research on that. Who's behind this? So I'm going by the, the reporting that was in, uh, it was at Colorado and 
that ranked choice voting for uh, Fort Collins is supported by a group called Unite America Fund, which is associated with this group called Unite America. What I what I'm just looking at right now is uh, at InfluenceWatch.org, uh, which is a website the Capital Research Center runs that we have. Uh, a lot of these groups that play in uh, lobbying, that play in advocacy, that play in ballot measures. Uh, and uh, so I have it open to Unite America's pay. And the the big name behind Unite America is uh, Catherine Murdoch. Um, she is the wife of James Murdoch, who is the son of Rupert Murdoch, but unlike Rupert Murdoch, uh, who obviously famously uh, is one of the, you know, was the corporate mind behind Fox News, uh, Catherine and James Murdoch are pretty liberal, uh, and especially in their political giving. Uh, and so she funds Unite America, uh, and, and they fund together Unite America uh, to do a lot of uh, liberal election administration changes, one of which is Rankin. Well, and uh, are, isn't uh, George Soros' son involved in this as well? Uh, one of the Soros sons uh, supported the campaign to establish ranked choice voting in New York City, but I don't know whether he's involved. Okay. So uh, Catherine Murdoch is the really the main money behind this. Who else Who else might be involved? Uh, I, I mean, it's United, Unite America is the, the group that, uh, that Catherine Murdoch supports. Uh, that is that is behind this. It has, you know, it has a number of of people on its board. I'm looking at the, you know, at least as of the last time uh, that that we updated, uh, it had. Uh, I don't know if you remember this guy, Greg Orman. Uh, no. He was uh, he was a Senate candidate, unsuccessful in Kansas in 2014. Ran as a so-called independent. Turns out. Uh, that he was actually that his campaign was being supported by uh, the Democratic, uh, the, the Democratic establishment uh, leadership super PAC. Uh, you know, and you've got you know a number of people who have uh, who have given to uh, Democratic candidates who are who are on the United America. Okay. Now uh, it's also called. Um Fair vote, isn't that? That's one of the national uh, groups that they're that's uh, supporting this. Is called Fair Vote. Yes, there is the the national group uh, Fair Vote, which is more of a of the the think tank uh, for advocating ranked choice voting. They've been around for a while, um, and you know, I'm looking. Yeah, it's. There's a big network. It's you know everybody talks about George Soros because they've heard of him, but there's a big network of uh, these big liberal philanthropies. We we at Capital Research Center we like to call it big philanthropy. Uh, so you have uh, not just uh, George Soros's Open Society Foundations, but you have uh, the foundations associated with Pyramidiar, uh, Lauren John Arnold. Uh, some of the, the old institutional foundations, uh, the Hewlett Foundation, the Joyce Foundation, the MacArthur Foundation, uh, Rockefeller Brothers Fund, 
you know, the, these big liberal institutions fund, fund groups like FairVote. Um, and, and yeah, FairVote is probably the, the, the big think tank uh, that's supporting uh, ranked choice voting apps. Of, I find it so interesting as I'm looking at uh, Capital Research. One of your colleagues, I think it was Fred Lucas, had uh, had, had uh, p- uh, posted a piece. This was March one, 2022, and I'm seeing these names like the the um, Carnegie Foundation. I mean, uh, Andrew Carnegie would be rolling over in his grave if he realized that that, that is that is an issue that Capital Research Center has been. Hitting the hitting the drum on for years and years before I started working. We yes, the problem of donor. We call it the problem of donor. And uh, the great example is the Ford Foundation. Uh, you know, Ford as in the family that Ford Ford Motor Company. Uh, you know, in the you know before the sixties, they formed this foundation, and then over time, it just gets taken over by ideological liberals to the point where now, you know. Uh, it's one of the biggest institutional funders of the political left. And Carnegie is very similar. How did that happen, Mike? How did, how did, I mean, that's pretty brilliant on yeah. the radical <laughs> activist side, but how did that happen? Uh, I'd say it has to do with the sort of people who go into nonprofit work. You know, the, the people who go into big nonprofit work, you know, they tend to be upper upper class. They believe they can fix the world. Uh, so they're pretty progressive, pretty liberal. Um, a lot of these institutions were taken over kind of in the 60s. You know, that's the great society. Uh, you know, the, the sort of uh, Lyndon Johnson administration that, you know, central planning is the wave of the future. We're going to be able to, you know, if, if, and if you're a big institution, you're inclined to believe in central planning. Uh, and then as the, you know, as the first generation, you know, as the, uh, as Henry Ford and Henry Ford II, you know, are, you know, Henry Ford dies, Henry Ford II is losing influence on the board of his foundation. Uh, you know, the original person who made the money, the entrepreneur, uh, giving way to the heir, uh, they aren't as connected to, you know, how that money was made in the free market by making a consumer product or by making a making something that people needed in the open market. Uh, and it, you know, gives way to that managerial class that is running the institution and that managerial class, especially in the 60s, but you know, obviously it continues to this day, uh, are somewhat too extremely liberal. So in essence, what they have, have figured out is is have these big nonprofits and and we call them now uh, NGOs that we've and we've done several shows on that NGOs, non-governmental organizations which have become very influential. And we used to think of them as charities, as helping the downtrodden. But they are now being used to influence public policy, to influence our elections, which is what I think ranked choice voting would, would do. And, uh, and they're couching this ranked choice voting as uh, getting to 50% plus one. But to get to that 50% plus one, uh, you're actually retabulating until you get to that point. And so it's not really 50% plus one. It, it, it assumes 
the, the fundamental, what I would say the fundamental flaw with right choice voting is, is that it assumes that the average voter thinks the same way as a committed ideologue. You know, somebody who really follows politics, you know, they know which candidate in which order they want to choose. But somebody who doesn't, you know, somebody who has a, who has a workaday job, they might not. They may know that, you know, I'm a member of one party or another, so I generally support that. So they read their, you know, they get their, back in the old days, you know, if it's a, not a partisan race, you know, they'll get their newspaper and look at what the candidate said to the newspaper and say, oh, I like what that thing. Um, but, you know, getting an, an ordinal ranking, you know, that, that requires a lot of investment of time and effort and you know, policy commitment that, you know, some people don't have time for, some people just don't have, some people, you know, they, their vote is based on <clears throat> whether they think things are going well or badly, you know, and it's just a, kind of an up or down vote on, on, uh, you know, how they think things are going. Mm -hmm. So require, you know, essentially expecting the voter to have an, a fully developed ideological system that can deliver an ordinal ranking of up to, I mean, who knows how many candidates. I mean, that, that's, expecting, that's expecting more than we usually expect out of people who have, frankly, better things to do than study political candidates. Well, and the other thing is, is it's tough to get a real read on what political candidates really stand for because they they many of them put their finger in the wind and then they try to say to different groups what they think those groups want to hear and so that makes it very difficult mike watson why do you think these big money um liberals uh or people i i, I don't really call them liberal i think they're actually more um radical activists. Why do you think that they are working so diligently and putting so much money into this movement that they're trying to get to gain steam to change our elections? I know that's subjective, but do you have a, an idea about that, Mike Watson? Uh, part of it, I would think, is that they think it's going to advantage them in future elections. You know, the uh, that, you know, if they can get ranked choice voting, they'll be able to elect you know, they'll be able to elect more candidates who, uh, who, who they like. Uh, you know, they've, they've been annoyed at Ralph Nader ever since 2000. <laughs> um, you know, the part of it is, I think, that sort of central planning mindset, that if we just have more rationality, if we just have more, you know, uh, more expertise, uh, then they can, you know, they can get more of what they want, uh, that they still get better policy. Um, but again, I, I think that it's, they, they think they can, stick, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say, you know, when you have a candidate who wins, you know, a many-way race but with less than a majority, if you have that central planning mindset, it just never sits. You know, no, mm -hmm. we can we can centrally plan this, and we can really figure out who the people really want. Uh, huh. And I think that's the idea that that that's the the ultimate motivator. Interesting. Uh, even if the fact that they think that it will advantage them politically is 
certainly not giving them, causing them to lose it. Well, it seems to me that it's really taking away people's voices. But, Mike Watson, I really appreciate it. And how can people find more of your work? Where is that at? Uh, you can find our work at capitalresearch.org and influencewatch.org. Okay. Mike Watson, I greatly appreciate uh, you joining us on this because following the money is so important. And uh, realizing that Catherine Murdoch is one of the big financers of this ranked choice voting is an important dot to connect. So thank you. And uh, our quote for the end of the show is from Thomas Paine. And he said, it is the duty of every man, as far as his ability extends, to detect and expose delusion and error. And that's something they do over at Capital Research Center, and that's something we do at the Kim Munson Show. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show, hour number two. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. Uh, And thank you to this team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Yes, excuse me, totally terrific Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it definitely is. And uh, be sure and check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, thrilled that this is a Lauren Levy, Karen Levine uh, Tuesday. And Lauren Levy, you're in studio. Karen will be here momentarily. It's great to have you. Great to be back. Thank you. And we have a lot to talk about. (coughs) This meteoric rise in interest rates has just been unbelievable to me. It's been unbelievable to everybody. Yeah. It's never been seen before, I don't think. uh, It's almost like it's trying to destroy. And we'll talk about that in segments two and three. When Karen gets in here. Uh, and here she is. She's uh, zooming in here. So uh, we'll be talking with her in just a moment as well. Um, I did a voter's guide uh, for We the People on the 11 issues for the state of that's on the statewide ballot, as well as dissected some of the local issues. And you can access that at my website. Uh, you just go in and put your name and your email, and Zach will send you links for the complete guide. The team, we probably put a couple hundred hours into this because we want you to be informed voters, not just influenced voters. And many of you had requested just a one-page 
cheat sheet, I guess. And, and we have that on the website, and you can just go there and print that off because a lot of people want to give this to their friends and their family and their colleagues. And uh, Election Day is, is uh, two weeks from today. We're recommending that you vote on the last day. Drop your ballot off on the last day. Do not mail it back no matter what. Uh, drop it off on the day of uh, election. And if you, uh, in Colorado, if you vote in person, what you go and do is you bring your ballot that was mailed to you. They take that. They give you a copy of that ballot. You vote that, and then they put it in a, a bin or, what, or a box, and they take it down to the county clerk. So I think it is probably okay to vote your ballot and drop it in a secure ballot box. But I recommend doing that the, the last day. And uh, Lauren Levy, have you taken a look at your ballot yet? Actually, I did it two nights ago. I didn't fill it in yet, but I read it. Okay. Well, we have that great voters guide. I know. I always look at that thing. Okay. Always. Always share that. And Karen Levine, great good, to have you. Good morning. You know, I never compl- um, complain about traffic anymore. I was supposed to be someplace on Saturday night for dinner. I was coming in from a long drive and uh, got caught in traffic. I'm like, where are all these people going? But after COVID, I'm glad people are out and about working and doing things. So I never complain about traffic anymore. No complaints. It's just, you know, some days you get places <laughs> 10 minutes early and some, some days, days you, you don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our quote for the show today is from Thomas Paine. And uh, he, I just go read some of the things that he's written but uh, he was born in 1737 he died in 1809 he was an english american writer and political pamphleteer whose common sense pamphlet and crisis papers were important influences on the american revolution and he said this he said the real man smiles in trouble gathers strength from distress and grows brave by reflection what do you think of that, Lauren Levy? You want me to read that one more time? Sure, since I don't have a copy today. <laughs> exactly. That went right over my head. Okay, I'll give this. Uh, I'll, I, sorry about that. I normally have that. The real man smiles in trouble, gathers strength from distress, and grows brave by reflection. Want to think about that for just a minute? Yeah, maybe that can come back and be my final thought That can later. be your final thought. <laughs> That is an inside joke that one time when Lauren was on, I went to um, to final thoughts a little early. So I think I asked you, what, two or three times for your final thought? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And I had one. <laughs> so any thoughts on that? I was looking for bravery because we're in a time that I think is requiring bravery. And sometimes it's just bravery to talk with people about these important issues because our voices been, in many ways are shut down. So that's kind of where I was headed with that, Lauren. No, I hear you. It's... Uh... I'll come back. I'm going to come back to you. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Then we'll let, we'll let Lauren ruminate on that. Ruminate. Karen, do you want to ruminate? My friends, what I normally do is I have this copy for them so that when they come in, they can look at it. And here, to just throw that uh, very heavy quote over to them, maybe we'll just move on. Or do you have a comment on that, Karen? Um, mo- yeah. Moving on might be a good idea. Um, but I do think it is true that if you live in a space of joy, which is what this gentleman is saying the real man smiles in trouble Mm -hmm. we will have trouble Mm -hmm. we are having trouble and we do gather strength Mm -hmm. um in times of distress because we have to dig deep um but this is really deep for um this time of the morning so thank you kim (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, i'll just uh, let all of you ruminate on that then it is the real man smiles in trouble gathers strength from distress and grows brave by reflection uh Let's see. I went, did want to go through a couple of headlines. Actually, I'll, I'll mention this because we talked about this in the 
first segment, and uh, Karen, I'll, I'll mention this to you first. You're in the real estate business. Uh, it has just come out that Denver is uh, number nine in rat-infested cities in the oh, country. that's lovely. Did you heard that? Mm, I'd rather not have heard that. <laughs> uh, um, d- I, would, I would say we have a rubbish problem. And with that, then you have a rat problem. Yeah. That is definite. Did you realize that, uh, Lauren, that we're number nine? No, I did not know that. Uh, number one in bank robberies? Number one in car thefts? I know we're number one in car thefts. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. Well, that number nine just means that we're, there's room for us to you know, improvement. Move, <laughs> move up. More rats. <laughs> I smell a rat. I do. I do. Uh, let's see. I think the next headline, and I, um, oh, this is unbelievable. When we're talking about interest rates, this is not incompetence. This is by design. This is the Epic Times just just reported this, that the United States is down to 25 days of diesel supply as a top White House official declared the stockpile levels to be unacceptably low. Well, how did we get there, Producer Steve? <laughs> wow. I mean, you delve into that a little bit. Okay, your first thought is, well, trucking. I mean, all the, the big rigs are diesel. But that also impacts the railroads as well. You know, those, those are diesel electric locomotives. And if they can't get what they need, you know, what, is, what happens to transportation? And guess what? Farming. That's how we raise our yes. food. Yes. Uh, the tractors uh, run on diesel as well as the combines that... Uh, Wait a minute. I thought the tractors were electric. Oh, they're talking about that. That oh. is so unrealistic. Yes. Mm. To have to take your tractor back to 30 well, miles at the end of the day to charge it, really? One step beyond that is electric airplanes. Mm. <laughs> well, there's some elites that I'd like to put on an electric uh, airplane right now. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see how that goes. But they're not going to do that. So let's go to break. Lauren Levy's in studio. He is an expert in the mortgage arena. And uh, he, he said that right now they're seeing a lot of action in these reverse mortgages. And I'm sure that part of that is is, is seniors that had made their plans for their retirement didn't, never expected this kind of inflation. So they're having to readjust. Correct, Lauren? Very true. Yeah, they're, they're getting, starting to get a little bit more money out of their savings as these rates creep up a little bit. The banks aren't reflecting the overall interest rates. But also, remember, asset values have come down quite a bit as well. Um, people that have you know, a 401k or IRA accounts and other types of things. So, yeah, they're looking for options. Okay, and that's a place to do that. And Karen Levine, this uh, metro real estate market, I want to ask you about that You know, here and then what you see across the nation because typically Colorado is – has kind of bucked some of the trends out there, so we'll want to find out what's happening in the housing market. So we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, the USMC Memorial Foundation is having this great luncheon tomorrow. would love to have you join us. You can buy tickets. at uh, The link is at my website. And uh, Navy SEAL Commander Rourke Denver is the keynote speaker. I have the great honor to be the MC. And three of my friends who are in their late 90s, they're World War II Iwo Jima um, veterans. Jim Blaine, actually, we re-broadcast... Uh, one of the interviews I did with him on America's Veteran Stories this last uh, Sunday, and uh, he actually for, fought in four battles in the Pacific Theater. So, my friends, it is a unique opportunity to get to meet these guys. Uh, I hope you can join us, and that information, again, is at my website. We're going to go to break. Karen Levine and Lauren Levy are in studio. Stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. 
Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. Abortion rights across the country are under attack. Is it really, though? Abortion is not a right. Abortion is not care. God created life and has intended for us to begin our life in the womb. Life is a protected right, and the purpose of government is to protect all lives. We cannot create a new right meant to end a life. They can't dictate what rights we deserve. That's not how America works. We must have the right to govern ourselves according to God. We need to keep God on top. We need to vote smart. Vote Republican. Vote for Maria Fernandez for State House District 3. She will fight for your right to stay free and protect our children. Paid for and approved by Marla Fernandez Campaign. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And the show also comes to you because I have these great sponsors, and two of them are in studio with me right now. And that is Karen Levine. Uh, She is an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. 303-877-7516, and Lauren Levy, who is an expert in the mortgage arena, and his phone number is 303-880-8881. Karen Levine, I want to go to you first. And uh, Steve had, uh, and Patty had this in the packet. The Colorado Sun had an article that said Colorado housing prices would have to drop 32% to match the, quote-unquote, affordability of 2015. It says, back in 2015, the median sales price for a house in Colorado was 285000 according to data from the Colorado Association of Realtors. Between January and September, the median price averaged 575000 That is, I mean, I thought it was more expensive than that in 2015, but that's, I guess that's what Carr has to say. Uh, and so this whole affordability thing that they're talking about, and you and I have talked about this Prop 123 that is on the ballot, which we are a hard no on that because it creates a new bureaucracy, lives off tax dollars, and it's trying to push people into high-density housing, uh, and it's really an assault on private property rights because one of the things that it does is it streamlines these 
these projects ahead of everything else, municipalities that take these grants. And then it says that you have to increase, we'll use the word affordability once, it's it's, um, subsidized housing. It's government housing. It's moving people into government housing. And it says that you have to increase government housing 3% each year. This is a direct assault, I think, on property rights and home ownership. Karen, your thoughts? Well, Kim and I have had this conversation over the last couple of weeks, and the Colorado Association of Realtors chose to support Proposition 123. With money, too. Yes. Well, that's how you support things in America. (laughs) Um, You write checks. Um, But with that said, I think that um, the rationale behind that was you read an article like this about affordability, and that's scary to people. And we're in the business of protecting private property rights and home ownership as a realtor association. And we wanted to look at solutions to make things affordable. I think the misstep along the way has been when you subsidize housing, that does not create affordability for the middle class and or others. And so what will happen over time as we saw with a very small piece of legislation that affected our market over the last decade to 12 years, like construction defect, this legislation... Actually, it's an initiative. Yeah, yeah, initiative. Mm -hmm. The proposition is going to be a situation that, over time, um, is not going to create affordability. And when you look at the headline you just quoted, um, it is going to make the average sales price or the medium sales price significantly higher because you have inducement through subsidies, Mm -hmm. and those subsidies are going to cause the middle market to accelerate up. Mm -hmm. That does not create affordability for the majority. And the subsidized person, it picks winners and losers. So you have the subsidized person, but then here you have young people that don't want to live on government, and it makes it more expensive, makes it more difficult for them to do that. Uh, and, uh, And who said that... We needed to get back to that that price. I, that's what, this article upsets me from the standpoint that investment in real estate has always been um, a good investment over the long term. And you purchase a home, you obtain a wonderful mortgage from Lauren, and typically it's a thirty-year mortgage. And along the way, you may choose to take out some of your equity by refinancing or maybe getting a home equity loan so that you can improve your home, you can send your kids to school, but it was a it is a vehicle to produce wealth. And if you don't have appreciation, then it's not a good vehicle. And so why would we want to go back to 2015? I don't believe that is the desire hopefully of this article to promote that, but I think what's important is if you see an accelerating market the amount of appreciation we've seen over the last two to three years, and a big bulk of that happened January to May of this year, um, the government was involved in keeping interest rates artificially low, and then they doubled interest rates in less than four months, and you think you're going to have an affordability problem? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take a rock scientist, right. does it? And Lauren, you and Karen and I have talked about this, and first of all, you look brilliant. Remember all those people? Remember when we were talking about interest rates in the twos? Yep. Uh, yes. And people that lock in those rates, this is really great for them. Uh, but those rates were being kept artificially low, which was playing into this appreciation. We're probably going to see some of that appreciation be reduced because of higher interest rates. But 
that's, I think, a bit of a little correction in the market. No market goes directly up. You're going to see these things. And so people, when they invest, they need to buy their homes. They they need to be in it for the long term. I think you've said uh, what you marry the house and date the mortgage, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've talked to people every day about, you know, I, I use my own home as an example. It was my family's first real home, not a town home. Can that thing be a $2 million home? I mean, how would I? who would I ever sell it to? So it can't just only go up. There has to be waves in the market and where things level off or come down a little bit and then go back up again. And it doesn't bother me. I'm planning on staying. Mm-hmm. It only affects people that really need to sell or want to sell for, at that particular time. But, well, you know, this article... There's been so many times that I can remember just looking back where they wanted to build development, but people didn't want all that extra development in their area. And so instead they went to condos along light rail or things like that that people really don't want. And now they're saying, we haven't built enough homes. Well, they try to, but they get stopped a lot of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Karen. and I mean, Lauren makes a comment about condos along right light rail. Well condominiums are ownership units mm-hmm. apartments are not they right. built apartments along light rail right. with with the intent of selling us on home ownership which there is no home ownership opportunity mm-hmm. and we haven't been building condominium units which really is the affordability entrance into home exactly. ownership so there's been a lot going on then you look at Lauren who put that wonderful family into a 3% interest rate their desire to move over the you know next whatever that looks like is going to be less likely which means we are now not going to put more product into the marketplace exactly so when government gets involved things don't generally work out well typically the price goes up the supply goes down the quality becomes limited mm-hmm. uh and i think what you're mentioning and, and i don't know if anybody else i'm sure that they have said it but i realized it at some point in time this velocity of housing and that is where maybe people have been had a big house and the kids are gone and they might want to downsize well because interest rates were artificially low the market was going up they couldn't really downsize it all these things stopped the velocity of housing and when i look at the world economic forum and this these policies that really are an assault on private property rights and home ownership, we're seeing this play out through high taxes, high inflation, high interest rates. And Lauren Levy, this seems irresponsible to me, the way the Fed has raised these rates. And they've said that they want to, to lower wage growth. Where Under the previous administration, wage growth grew because the economy was healthy. Now you have, you have uh, people in p- positions of power that say that they want to reduce wage growth. Well, how, if that happens, are people going to live? They have a – you and I have talked about this a lot. The, the Fed having this thing, it comes up a lot in Congress, this dual mandate, right, about whether they should have a dual mandate or not because they want to have full, you know, very low unemployment and low prices, and it's hard to have both because mm-hmm. when you have wage growth and you have everybody working, prices tend to go up, people have more money. But, pr- I mean, I think a lot of people would agree – Well. I don't know how to get into this because the Fed doesn't control gas prices, right? They don't control a lot of this stuff that's driving the market the way it is. And, but yet they're, they're charged with bringing it back under control. So they've said they need to bring down the housing market. They need to they need to – there's going to be pain is what they refer to. That means unemployment, right? They need to slow the economy, and that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, they're not even hiding it. They're just saying we need to slow this down. Which – 
how about the vision is is that instead we get have public policy where government gets out of the way and people are able to go after their hopes and dreams and the economy grows more people are employed hey that sounds like what was the, where we were at right before covid and more people prosper more everyday people prosper but then what happens is the elites lose their power and i i think that may be one of the things that's going on karen well when you made that comment the first thought i had is the rich will get richer which i don't it's not that i have a problem with that oh i'm happy right but i do have a problem if they get richer at the cost of the middle class and and that's where some of this public policy gets a little annoying or a little unsettling because i look at how hard we work as as self-employed human beings yeah, yes. in an amazing you know America that allows us to do that and we work hard and and we pay more than our fair share i'm mm-hmm. certain of taxes and yet you know day to day is always an assessment is always you know it's just a challenge and it's not that i'm against that challenge but i don't like it when these type of public policies interfere with the things we're trying to do in an open marketplace absolutely so this it does proposition one two three they call it affordable housing it's really subsidized housing and uh, one of the things is high density apartments people are not creating any wealth when they're paying rent but the apartment owners, many of them are getting subsidized rents, and they're also the owners, and they're getting rich. This is what happens with when government gets involved in these programs. And then one other thing that, uh, and I mentioned this, uh, that uh, you're never going to see a, uh, a problem that's going to be resolved, an issue that's going to be resolved when government gets involved, because, let's see, i got to get to it. I mentioned it in the last hour. And hold on here. Uh, This is from the Center Square. A study uh, puts a $1.7 billion price tag on homeless service spending. And uh, that's a study by the Common Sense Institute. Uh, And so they're never going to solve a problem because somebody's making a lot of money. We don't have that many homeless people, but they keep at it. (laughs) We will. And so all these things are connected, and that is why we're connecting these dots. These are serious conversations, and I'm I'm pleased to have them with Lauren Levy and Karen Levine. So we're going to go to break. I've seen the phone lines have been um, lighting up like a Christmas tree, and uh, so we want to hear from you. Call in at at the uh, last segment, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back with Lauren Levy and Karen Levine. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. 
For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Myra Mesco doesn't believe in fairy dusting formulas. That's why her skincare company, Botanical Rush, only formulates with powerful potencies for visible results guaranteed. Your skin is like a sponge, and it easily absorbs nutrients as well as chemical toxins. So picking the right product for everyday use is crucial to your skin's health. The all-natural, professional skincare products at Botanical Rush are free from synthetic dyes, estrogen mimickers, petrochemicals, manufactured fragrances, and parabens. Your skin care sets the tone of the day. So begin with clean formulas that are kind to your body. Myra and her team believe in using empowering nutrients at professional strength to support the skin's radiance at fair, affordable prices. Start your day with a fresh face and honest formulas from Botanical Rush. Set up a consultation with Myra Mesco to discuss your skincare needs. Email her at info at botanicalrush.com to schedule an appointment today and use the exclusive Kim Monson discount at botanicalrush.com. Code Kim15 for a 15% discount on first-time orders. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And check out our voter's guide. Uh, you can request uh, that at KimMunson.com. It is in-depth. Uh, the team, we probably put 200 hours into this to help you with all of these issues that are on the statewide ballot, as well as some of the local issues. And uh, one of the ways I think that um, the World Economic Forum will, will uh, that they're trying to get to their vision of by 2030, that we, regular people, will own nothing and be ha- happy about it, is not only through this out-of-control inflation, but also through taxes. And that is why I highly recommend that now is not the time to increase taxes. And I came out to... On a no vote on the two Douglas County school district questions, a mill levy override as well as doubling their debt. I just don't think now is the time to do that on people. And then also uh, no on the open space uh, sales tax extension. Uh, and I used to really, I kind of like the idea of open space, but I realized at some point in time you have to say no. Because taking land out of production, out of development for homes, uh, means that there will be less money for food production and for homes. But additionally, the money then that or the land that is being taken out of uh, production and for homes and being becoming government owned means that they no longer pay taxes on that. So it's a double whammy. The rest of us have to uh, pay yeah. higher taxes for that as well. So anyway, I submitted um, comments on this in the little Douglas County election booklet. And a reporter did a CORA request to find out who put those comments in there. And then she decided to do a piece on that. I actually think it looked pretty good. I mean, I'm not very photogenic, but they chose a pretty good picture. And they referred to my voter's guide, which I thought was good. And then another newspaper's reached out. And then I hear there's going to be another one. And so uh, it's going to get interesting, Karen Levine and Lauren Levy. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I tell you, these higher taxes, they can price people out of their, their, uh, their homes. And mm-hmm. that's why I say no on that. But uh, our homes being sold, Karen Levine, with this um, this new market, what do you see? Yes, um, we talked about. I think last month, my uh, description of the market is it's a little wonky, mm-hmm. um, but 
we are a creative group of people. Um, the American people always look for a solution. We may wallow in our sorrows for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but then we get back up. on that horse yeah. and go to work. We do. And what's been exciting is that um, sellers who need to sell or desire to sell understand that we saw a massive appreciation um, over the beginning of 2022 and that that appreciation, as much as they wanted to maybe uh, experience it, they knew it couldn't last forever, and yet they had seen consistent appreciation years prior. And so as as sellers are coming on the market and being more aggressive in their pricing, which means prices are coming down, not by the 32% that needs to happen to meet 2015. Which is a goofball. Yeah, which would not be realistic. But they're coming down. But they're also looking at how do we address affordability in a free market environment. And Lauren has great options that he can offer to a borrower, which is helping them buy down the rate um, to get them into Mm -hmm. the house. So the rate would be lower today and then next year go up a little and potentially a little more. And we call that a buy-down. And sellers are willing to put money towards that to help okay. a buyer. Before we get over to Lauren Levy on that, <clears throat> I, I, one of the reasons I'm a no on these tax increases, if you live in the metro area, you saw this meteoric increase in the value of your home. And the assessment rate that will be set for 2023 is going to be at the height of that market. Yes, ma'am. And so what that means is, is all of us out in the metro real estate market will be looking at anywhere from a 40 to 50% increase in our property taxes without approving any of these new taxes. And uh, these different school districts and different er uh, um, entities that are asking for these tax increases are not telling you that. And again, that's where I'm concerned that people are going to start to be priced out of their homes because of taxes. And uh, and that reassessment rate is that every two years, Karen? I yeah, think? so it'll come out in May of 2023. Okay. And, and that and the values are determined 18 months prior to the date that that's released. So it's, as I recall, I think it's June 1 of 2021 and so, to, to December of 2022. So okay. they're pulling literally the height of the market. Yep. So people need to be aware of that. But as Karen mentioned, Lauren Levy, Americans are creative and we've always been creative people. And so what are you seeing as opportunity in the mortgage arena? Well, she she mentioned this relatively new thing called the buy down. I remember it from years ago, maybe in the early 2000s, the buy down was a pretty popular thing back then. But basically what it does is there's a thing called a 2-1 or a 3-2-1 buy down. And let's just say the rate today is 7%. You get a rate of 5% for the first 12 months. Then it goes to 6% for the next 12 months. Then it settles at the 7%. So you qualify for your loan at the start rate of 7%. Okay. And the savings that you get over those two years, those are paid for now, by... Do you qualify at the 7 or at the 5? At the 7, at the full okay. rate. Okay. And uh, that way the lender knows that you can afford it when it does move up. Okay. But then you have to have the seller on board because that's where the savings that arise from the buy-down are paid for as seller concessions. So as long as you're working with a good realtor like Karen, she will know to build it into the contract. A lot of listings that I see just when I'm messing around on the Internet will will say and willing to entertain a buy-down. Most realtors will put that on the listing, I would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you know there's an option there when you make an offer to 
to request the funds from the seller to pay for the, the fees of the buy down. Okay. So, Lauren, you're saying the the borrower has to be able to qualify at the seven percent, and I I mean I'm sure they like the lower interest rate, but if they can qualify at the seven percent, you know why why do the buy down? Or is well, it- it's just it gives them you know a typical example. It might be five hundred dollars less a month for the first twelve months, and then maybe two hundred fifty dollars or less a month for the next twelve months. So it's a good incentive to have a lower payment. So the point of it is that that payment from these higher rates that might you know, have the buyer back off. Well, now they'll be like, oh, okay, well, that's much more affordable. Right, and I can, and I can, and I can do some planning and, and, pl- uh-huh. and I can plan around the increase that may come mm-hmm. in a year or two years. I can see it coming and I can be prepared. Okay, and so let's say in three years, the, then their rate is that 7%, mm-hmm. then that is fixed, correct? That's right, yep. For 30 years. Mm-hmm. So so I, I, I always think that it's important to, to know uh, those adjustable rate mortgages back in the 80s I thought we're they are scary. great. No, they were great. Oh, I there's, thought they were scary. Well, no, well, there's that's a couple. You didn't know. <laughs> that's true. That's true. There's, Karen's 100 percent right. There are there were multiple types of arms mm-hmm. adjustable rates. Okay, and the one you're referring to that is well known in the market is what was referred to as a 228. Um, it's a 30 year loan. The rate was only fixed for two years. It was a subprime tool for people that had poor credit. The thought process on that was you'd have a great rate for two years. <clears throat> pay off all your debt, be scot-free, move on, refi to a much lower rate. Mm-hmm. The problem we had is most of those people that ended up with a really bad credit and were buried in credit card debt, as soon as we cleared the deck for them, and I would tell them, I'm going to call you in 22 months, and we're going to refi this down to a normal rate, and you're going to ride out into the sunset. I'd call them in 22 months, and they'd be like, well, things didn't quite go as planned, and I've now re-maxed out all my credit cards. And my credit score is still in the 500s. Now what? And those are the people that oftentimes ended up in trouble mm-hmm. on those because those rates would jump 5% in a year. A true adjustable rate on a good credit borrower is not a problem. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I've done it on my house before. They're, they're great loans. Okay. But they got a bad stigma from those mm-hmm. other types of loans that people couldn't handle. Lauren, and the other thing is, though, is people need to work with a mortgage lender that they trust. I talked to a young person that had a first mortgage in the 3% range, and they wanted to do some upgrades. And so they called a national person that they heard advertised on one of the national shows that they listened to. And this person wanted them to do a first and get rid of their first at 3 and at this higher rate and the young person said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So that is why you have to be careful uh, when you, who you work with. That's why Karen mm-hmm. is so great. In the, I mean, there's a lot of different pressure points in a real estate transaction. You, can, you, you, you understand that. But uh, that's why in these mortgage uh, arena, it's really important to work with, with you, Lauren, because you, can, you understand that. You're trusted. I mean, pe- people have gotten to know you through the show over all these years. Well, there's an ethics piece to this, too. I mean, everyone works to get paid, right? And, you know, if you want to just do a loan and take advantage of someone who may not know it as well as you do and just talk them into doing something that might not be best for them just to do it, it happens. It happens all the time, I'm sure. But if you talk to someone like that, you got to find another alternative or do a cost analysis on the whole thing and see right. where they're going to end up. Because they might be able to take out just a second, right? And maybe a fixed rate second right now with the Fed continuing to raise and not not an equity line. Either way, you have to look at it. 
and maybe they can pay that off sooner than the big first and keep the 3%. Right, you know? mm-hmm. right. So there's the strategies. But there's always opportunity, Lauren Levy, mm-hmm. always opportunity. But uh, opportunity, but you need to work with good people. Uh, and uh, I've seen so many times people that want to chisel and, and work, well, uh, so, uh, so, so-and-so over here will blah, blah, blah. And then what happens is uh, the transaction with so-and-so blows up, Karen. That's why uh, I... I I think it's so important to work with good people. And you and I have known each other. I don't even want to tell people how long no, we've known That's a secret. <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. No. But we're creative. We are. We're Americans. And homeownership, that, that's why I'm so frustrated with this Prop 123 is I look at the, the long term on this, and it's an assault on, on property rights, on homeownership. And ultimately, uh, realtors that have supported this, are, I think, are working themselves out of a job. I I am concerned that that is true. But on a positive note, because okay. you know I was at the fall forum for the Colorado Association of Realtors, and we had an update from the National Association of Realtors. And uh, federally, I think the realtors are doing something very positive, which is they are um, lobbying that we increase the capital gain exemption, which currently, if you sell your home and you're a single person, there's a $250,000 Exemption off your cost basis. I'm not a tax professional, Expert, but, yeah. okay. but, or if you're a married couple, it's 500000 We have not moved those numbers for over 20 years. That new um, capital gains guideline mm-hmm. went into place, I think it's over 25 years ago. So 250 to 500 have been those numbers. We are looking at doubling those. So single person, 500000 married couple, a million which will be helpful for those who are looking either um, to make any move um, and for our older community. Okay. So, so does that mean that they could sell their house, say, for a million dollars or less if they're a couple and they wouldn't have to pay capital gains taxes yes, on ma'am. that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What about that they don't have to buy another property? No. That was 30 years ago the buy another property thing. That went away 25, okay. 30 years ago. Okay. So these limits, the 250 and the 500, have been in place for several decades, and that has not been changed. Okay. So we are lobbying. We, the Realtor Party, are lobbying to get that done, and we're getting good reception. Oh, good. Yeah, you so have, that's a positive. Kimmy, it's not as long as you sell it for a million or less. It's If you paid 500 and you sell it for a million and a half, mm-hmm. then that's the million. Okay. It's the yeah, gain. the gain. It's the gain. Okay, thanks for that. If you've paid it down to zero, you don't have to sell it for a million. You can still sell it for a million and a half if you paid 500. Okay. In that example, and just be the gain. It's just the gain. Just the gain. Okay, got it. Thank you for that clarification. Yeah, I knew he could jump in on that. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and that's Lauren Levy, three zero three eight eight zero eighty eight eighty one, and Karen Levine, three zero three eight seven 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 five one six. Now we'd love to hear from you, three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. And this cracks me up. Sometimes in the show, I see that the lines are like a Christmas tree, and then we get to call in time, and then and, it's really quiet, and it's very quiet. So we'd love we'd love to hear from you. You probably so. answered all their questions already. We probably did. Yeah. Actually, people do say that. Many times they say, you asked the question that I was going to ask. So, so the, trying That's to do my thing. job. Yeah, trying yeah. to do my job. But I want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back with Karen Levine and Lauren Levy. 
The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Don't buy a gun for just in case. In these uncertain times, you want to protect yourself, and Franktown Firearms will train and equip you to do so. When you buy a gun, plan on possibly having to use it in case of an emergency where you need to defend yourself. When you have a gun but aren't trained on how to properly use it, it's just irresponsible. The most important part of protecting yourself and your loved ones is being a responsible gun owner including training on safety and usage. You can keep yourself safe with the proper tools and training from Franktown Firearms. Your firearm is the safeguard to your security when used properly. When you're unsure about the future of your security, remember that Franktown Firearms is your resource no matter your experience level. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to contact the team directly or visit their website at ffgc.co slash training for course information. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And you heard the spot from Matt Dark. Uh, you hear him on the show pretty regularly. He's with Roots Medical, which is a great sponsor of the show. And he is, uh, yesterday was the debut of his new show. It's on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 9 to 10 a.m. right here on KLZ 560. Uh, Karen Levine, just want to get a little bit more clarification, because clearly I was thinking about 30 years ago, if you sold your home and had a big gain in it, you needed to buy another property within a certain amount of time in for order more money. for more money to not have to pay capital gains taxes on it. And But that's not true anymore, correct? It hasn't been true for several decades, which it's weird that people still think the old policy has been in place. Yeah. Um, so over 20 years ago, I couldn't tell you the exact date because I've been in the business over 30. So it happened sometime, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, so they went to each time you sell a property you and potentially experience a gain in your cost basis, which is what you paid for it and what the appreciation was, less the expenses, um, you could take, as a single person, $250,000 off that gain and then only pay capital gains on that net, or as a married couple, 500000 And you can do that each time you sell, as long as you held the property as your primary residence, 
two of the last five years. Okay. So with each did property. Did I get that right, Lauren? Is that right? Yep. Okay. You, yeah, you did. So you can only take advantage of this every two years is okay. the most often you could do mm-hmm. it. Okay. Because you have to live in it for two. Yeah. And it has to, it's only for your primary. Primary residences. So not investment properties. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Investment properties can do 1031 exchanges and other things to try to take advantage of something like that. But mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, which that seems like a good idea because then it it would increase the velocity of housing. Correct, Karen? Correct. It would. So what happens is people don't sell their home because they're fearful of how much capital gains they're going to have, have to pay. pay. And in raising those exemption levels, which have not been raised, as I said, mm-hmm. over these past several decades, that will help people look at moving, putting their home on the market as an advantage, as a possibility, as a strategy, as they you know move through life. Okay, great. Hey, Johnny in Denver is on the line, right? Uh, oh, no. John on the road. John on the road. What's on your radar? That's right. This is John Galt. How are you doing, Kim? Hi, John Galt. <laughs> I'm good. What's on your radar, John Galt? <laughs> so I wanted to ask about the interest rates. Obviously, when uh, the interest rates go up, we pay a lot more money. Where does that money go? Does that go to the banks or to the government or somewhere else? Oh, good question. Hmm. Lauren? It, I mean, it, it, it flows through. Initially, it goes to the bank, and then there is a buyer of that um, most mortgages get securitized is the term. They become a form of a bond. And typically, it's either, depending on the loan size, if it's a Fannie Mae one, then Fannie Mae will back it and own it, and they'll make the money. Um, and they'll issue bonds. Like uh, You can invest in them as an investor. You can invest in mortgage-backed securities, and, and investors will make that money. Same thing with jumbos. Those typically get sold on Wall Street under as bonds, and investors will buy those bonds and make money off of it. So as these interest rates have gone up, then are they making more money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's become a better investment. But when we had the subprime crisis, if you guys remember when all those, um, the accusations were that they were taking A-rated paper of good loans and uh-huh. mixing in some of right, these bad right. loans and selling them all over the place, even to foreign nations. Right. And then those bad loans weren't were going into foreclosure and not paying off, and those bonds were, quote unquote, blowing up. And, yeah. Uh, so it's not always a, it's not always a good thing to be the mm-hmm. the holder on the back end, but when you have good quality credit and they're good loans, they're typically purchased on the backside by investors. Okay. Hey, John, did that answer your question? It did. Uh, let me let me also add though. If so, if we have inflation and the interest rates are going up, and the the big uh, banking corporations are making more money, how does that affect the way the government interacts with these agencies? Then is, oh, it, is there a, a more more opportunity for corruption and so forth what do you think lauren <laughs> you know i don't know the end i'll have to think about that i mean on the mortgage side of things when they're sold off and, and created into bonds and sold to the public like we can buy them you know so i don't know how you could have corruption you did have corruption in the past with rating agencies misrating loans and not doing their job and that caused a lot of problems with some of these bonds but that wasn't necessarily the government being corrupt. It was more yeah. just bad work. Yeah. Okay. Um, incentives to sell these bonds. Okay. Transparency. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. John on the road, thank you so much. My pleasure. Have thank a great day. And Bill in North Glen. Bill in North Glen, I have to tell you, I've been thinking about you for the last uh, couple of days. So it's great to have you call in. What's on your radar? Well, I wanted to uh, ask your two real estate folks there. Uh, they're going to reevaluate uh, property. 
based on these ridiculous rates uh, that is that has occurred. Uh, do you guys have any tips for? Because I'm going to have to protest taxes, uh, and usually they just tell you to pound sand. Uh, any tips on uh, trying to get it to to lower the appraisal? Because ultimately, that high appraisal number results in just huge property taxes. And for somebody like me that's owned their property for years and years, I really don't want to move, but I have to be punished for for keeping that property for so long. I, ultimately, I'd like to see a ballot initiative that the property taxes for residential properties are based on the most recent sale price of that property, which in my case would be 30 years ago. I, I think that's very creative, Bill of North Glen. Uh, Karen, and we'll go to you and then Lauren. Well, I think what you need to understand is it's an assessed value. So it's the tax assessor that places that value on your property. And yes, you have the right to protest it. I have helped my clients with protests over um, the time I've been in this industry. And I will tell you, in most cases, they do a very good job. They pull the data. They pull the data from the timeline that is designated, which is an 18-month mm-hmm. data. They make adjustments, time adjustments to that data. And when I've anal- analyzed it, they have truly picked mm-hmm. what that assessed value is. Sometimes there is a misconception in what the property actually was. Mm-hmm. There's error in the data of the mm-hmm. property itself, mm-hmm. which is where we can go to protest. Um, but I'm always um, happy to look at that data and give you the data you would need to take to the assessor to protest it. And Bill, I think to your point, which is what I'm realizing, is people that have purchased their property, they're being dinged because interest rates had been held artificially low, and so property values have gone up significantly. That's going to be for this next reassessment. The date will be near the top of the market, and for so people that are just trying to live their lives, they're not going to sell their property, don't want to, they're going to get dinged big time. Uh, and that's why I'm saying no on all these property tax increases. Bill, uh, we've got just a minute. Anything else you wanted to say? One thing that I, I don't think people realize uh, for renters, because ultimately, uh, maybe on investment properties, uh, the landlord has got no choice but to pass these ridiculous tax costs down to their uh, their tenants. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. And people look at, uh, you know, a property owner, oh, he's a rich SOB. Uh, you know, what am I going to do? Well, and I made that point in my voter's guide, Bill, that renters don't get off on this either. They see higher rents. And so here they are. They're paying high rents. They're not creating equity. And they're going to get dinged again. So, Bill in North Glen, thank you so much. Okay, we are out of time. So, Lauren, I'm not sure we really... Do you have a quick final thought? No, I'm just thinking about what Bill was just saying, because if I'm not mistaken, and I, I never want to say anything on air that I haven't had time to look at, but mm-hmm. so I say this with that. I think isn't. I think California does something like what he was saying, where they just set the taxes based on the new price, and that's gotten them in some big trouble, mm-hmm. because you have people now... Someone bought it for a property for 400000 now that next-door neighbor is buying it for $3 million. Mm-hmm. And their taxes are one percent of that three million, and it's pricing people out like crazy as far as being able to buy. Okay, so it's a you got to be careful. We'll have to check. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next month. All my listeners, thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks for being here. Sure. Great thank to you. have you, Karen Levine. It's great to have you. Always a pleasure. And that phone number for Lauren's three zero three eight eight zero eighty eight eighty one. Karen is three zero three eight seven 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 five one six. 
Our quote for the end of the show is Thomas Paine. He says, it is the duty of every man, as far as his ability extends, to detect and expose delusion and error. That's why I did the Voter's Guide. My friends, today, be grateful. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.